to positions of hopelessness and helplessness. The government gives them the drugs, builds bigger prisons, passes a three-strike law, and then wants us to sing God Bless America. No, no, no. Welcome to Pod Damn America, the stupid fucking podcast for idiots about socialism and dumb stuff for morons and ghosts. I'm Jake Flores. Anders Lee is here. I'm idiot Anders Lee here. Alex Patak is here. Thanks for having me back, Jake. Excited to discuss the topics of the day. Thank you for joining us. Uh, like you're a guest of the show is the bit here on his 500th appearance on the show guest alex patak <laughs> record holder <laughs> yeah got a trophy still not an official member of the show uh but you're getting pretty close putty we're gonna get around to reading that application sometime soon yeah right now it's just me and anders a guy even a died. Experience. <laughs> it's true. A guy died. The openings really <laughs> flew open out of nowhere, and I'm still not in there. No, you're on Dodeca Double Secret Podcast Probation, but you're getting close. My third year of podcast internship. <laughs> third host, uh, Ragavetta. Yeah. <laughs> Ragav? Yeah. Ragav? Yeah. Say a joke. I wish I made a Ragav robot. That would be fucked up. <laughs> I don't think you should have made one. Yeah, no. Rockbot. And being mad at us. Um, All right. And we are also joined by meme artist from the internet, Teenage Stepdad. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me on. Thanks for being here. We're here to talk uh, today a little bit about your new show on Means TV called Seize the Memes, which I am to understand is like a like a fun Bob Ross kind of uh, thing, but with memes, pretty cool, huh? Yeah, it's uh, it's that's kind of the idea is to uh, I mean, t- instead of making beautiful pictures of landscapes with paint and canvas, let's use the tools that people have at their disposal: shitty laptops and phones to make boners come, piss and shit jokes, and. Uh, socialist and communist propaganda and uh have people make their own media so very cool um are you a bob ross fan at all yeah i'm i mean bob ross i've always been a big fan growing up that was something i loved to watch but really uh my more i I usually bring up bob ross because that's kind of easier to explain to people but my real uh inspiration for this show was a lesser known show new yankee workshop with Norm Abram from This Old House, uh, a cabinet-making instructional Ooh. series oh. from, from my childhood. So Interesting. Okay. Cabinets were kind of the memes of the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking at one point, it's during the pandemic, I live in a piece-of-shit punk jo- warehouse thing, and uh, so I spent a lot of time inside of it during the pandemic and was doing things like taking down the tarp that I used to catch rainwater that leaks into the ceiling and, like... Uh, you know, how to install like a, you know, an air conditioner where it really shouldn't be. And I was thinking about making it this old punk house. Huh? That's a fun oh, idea. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
a home improvement series for uh for for today's youth yeah yeah maybe that'll be a future project but i so i get the bit the bit is i i yeah bob ross is an easier way to explain the bit but it's modeled closely more closely on go ahead Oh, were you like making the cabinets as a you know ten year old or whatever? Uh, yeah. Well, actually, yeah. My dad was a carpenter and woodworker, and okay. that's kind of what we did on some weekends: is spend some time in his shop or using scrap material from construction sites to make soapbox derby racers and go karts and all sorts of shit. So maybe so not was, cabinets, but way cooler shit than cabinets. Okay. You're not, so. you're but it's with, your, with dad. your dad. What's that? It was, it was with, with your, your dad. dad. Yeah, it was oh, supervised. Yeah, we, we, it wasn't we were, like we were supervised. Okay. Yeah. It's <laughs> not you versus him, and then you have the show to kind of train you in what you've missed. You'll never be as good as me. You'll never make as as good cabinets. That would no, be cool. No, yeah. Um, <laughs> For a second, I thought you were like a cabinet making savant. That would if like a six year old who can make cabinets on their own. That would. Yeah, a master What's carpenter starts starts young, like a weird kind of dojo situation. Yeah, make the it only again. One I can think of is Jesus. Yeah, it's, it's a, <laughs> there's a limited famous carpenter uh, uh, roster you can work with. Yeah. What's the biggest? What's the biggest cabinet you've ever made? Hmm. hmm. Uh, the Biden administrations. Wow, really well done, Anders. <laughs> yes, something we all made together. I mean, we are we we are the left, so that was us. That's right. Good job, guys. <laughs> Thank you. We, um, did, we did it. Yeah, we did it. I have a question. Did you grow the mustache for the show uh, as part of the Bob <laughs> Ross Uvra, or is this uh, legitimate? It was. It was just this stupid kind of last minute decision i was like this character needs a mustache <laughs> and um god I, I regret it every day because like you know i've got some promo stuff still to film so i haven't been able to really <laughs> you know it takes a while to grow this fucking guy so yeah um yeah that was a really bad um p- little piece of decision making because <laughs> what a terrible place for hair i mean especially when all the rest of it's gone I mean, I like to drink a smoothie as much as the next guy, and yeah. you know, I like having non-chapped lips. It's like it's a very strange place to grow a a thing of hair on purpose. Yeah, yeah, you need, but you know, I feel like you always want a reason to do it. It's hard to do it like for no reason when you had like a you know, because I I crave the mustache having it, but I I don't have any reason to get one right now. The last time I had one. Because uh, I usually wear a beard, and I shaved it off and did the mustache because it was my last day uh, of work at a job, and I just pretended to be a weirdo. Uh, not that all people with mustaches are weirdos. <laughs> oh, but it's, I did. It's, it's weird as hell. I think. Yeah, no, okay. it's part of the vibe for sure. I, yeah, but it was great because it was like my last day of work waiting tables, and so I approached every table like, hi, my name is Timothy. These are our specials today. <laughs> and, you just uh, became a new man yeah. for the day. Okay, fun. It was fun. Yeah. Yeah, it's Anders like has already left. This is Timothy's shit. <laughs> I feel like it's like uh masculinity cosplay. Totally. You know what I mean? That's yeah. a good point. The the diversity on the mustache types is all over the place because you have soft artists who, you know, are like, I'm approachable. Look, you could hug the top part of my face. That's one element of it. But then a whole other genre of mustache uh a wearer aviators state troopers people who wear it like a badge mm-hmm. 
Yeah. If you want to kiss, you're going to kiss the law. I would say that that has traditionally been mustache wearers, but they have dwindled uh, quite significantly. Uh, growing up, my dad had a mustache, and you know Tom Selleck had a mustache. You know, authority figures and stuff. But both of them have now done the uh, the full goatee that connects to the mustache. So mm. I feel like those figures now. I don't. I don't. I feel like the mustache is associated with too much irony for like a cop to pull it off anymore. I don't know. So, I don't trust anyone with a goatee. That's like yeah. That's go- oh man. Not even for a bit. Yeah, it's very the oeuvre is very much like I'm making a video in my car. I'm yelling about something. I'm gonna put it on Facebook and let people know what I think about, you know, the government or whatever. Right, but that type of person would be a mustache person twenty, thirty years ago, and I now see. they're a goatee guy. Well, that's uh, all. Yeah. This all does make sense because, like, so okay, what have we learned here? Right, lesson one: you suffer for your art. That does fucking happen. Uh-huh. You have to have a mustache Absolutely. for this whole thing. <laughs> and uh, the second part of this is like, I mean, I understand why you did it because Means TV has this whole fucking retro like vibe going on. It's very much explored in the show that you made with like going to the VHS store and stuff like that. So uh, I'm sorry that you had to <laughs> endure the mustache, but yeah. I think it was worth it. It they, seems cool. They, you know, and then I find out I find out that my wife likes it. So now oh, I, wow. I don't know. And my kids like it. So it's like, I, I, I feel like once I shave it off, it'll be like, you know, when Alex Trebek shaved his mustache and when uh-huh. Tom Selleck shaved his, and he, they just look fucking weird as hell. Yeah. I feel like that's, that's going to be, be just my luck. So moments that are carved onto the American psyche. I, I'm, my dad, uh, I saw a picture of him <laughs> without a mustache that for once for Halloween in the 80s, he didn't have a mustache. And it was very upsetting. Like I almost yeah. cried. It, ma- it makes it look like your uh, lip is just way vertically high or something. <laughs> yeah, you look like a like Simpson. A total weird, yeah, it's, yeah. it's was the that, weirdest thing. Was that your dad's costume? Was he just like, Little Anders, no mustache today. <laughs> I don't want to what, sit I, on Pop Pop's shoulders. I mean, it was before I was even born, and even the picture of it was very was exciting. You just upset. look at it and scream. Yeah. My oh man, I, I wonder if he got injured on his top lip or something and had to. It's like oh, tragic. My that dad almost happened to me. I had to get stitches on my uh, chin, and they were like, uh, "You're gonna have to shave your beard." And then no! I did. Some- yeah. you're gonna be a mustache guy. <laughs> right. But it- were, were you able to like keep at least like a soul patch or something? Or I just didn't do it because I found out that it, it actually is better to not shave because you might shave over the cut, which is not a good idea. There you go. Anders walked out of the the <laughs> hospital. He said, yeah. I'm not interested. He's bleeding from the <laughs> face. No, sir. My dad had a mustache. My dad's Mexican, but he like looks like Saddam Hussein when he has the mustache, and we made fun of him until he shaved it. <laughs> <laughs> That's hard. Yeah, I know. I feel bad. We bullied my own dad. Um... <laughs> well, this ain't the damn mustache podcast. Although it has been Wait, for what? the last ten minutes, let's okay. talk about I art. We're we gonna keep riffing on that for a sec. Yeah, art. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this show, obviously, like the pitch of it, the angle seems pretty straightforward. It's like very populist. It's very much like, hey, art doesn't have to be something you go to, you know, fancy, expensive school for. You can use the tools that you use to consume art to make art. Very cool. Phones, computers, and shit. Bullshit that you have to use to work. 
bam, that's how we get to memes, right? Um, I have a question, though. Did you go to art school? I did not. I, uh, I took one printmaking class at a community college, but that's the extent of my uh, art school experience. Um, yeah, I've, uh, when I tell people in the show, one of the episodes is today's a great day to drop out of art and design school, and that's right. not necessarily from experience. That's just from um, observation. You know, like, it's, uh, we live in a world surrounded by the language of design that's kind of given to us. It's kind of thrust on us by people who went through these avenues of school and uh, universities and really expensive colleges and stuff. And I think, I think that with modern design, that's why it, I find it so hard to relate to is because it doesn't reflect the lives of really anybody I know. Um, and the cool thing about memes is that it's a, it's uh, like a populist art form that has very little barriers to entry that is led by trans folks, people of color, poor and working class people. And they're able to put their ideas about the world out there to millions of people. Sorry, by sheer trans folks? Trans folks. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, oh like, yes. Yeah, we got transphobes. Transphobes are at the, the that forefront is a, of the meme community. And yeah. it's something we're trying to address. No, the, the yeah, obviously the opposite of that, but okay. Well, there yeah. are right wing memes though, right? Oh, there there sure as hell are, you know. So like, um, I mean, they're, you know, from my art from from the perspective on our side, those they're, they're really terrible memes. But good God, are they effective? I mean, there's you can draw a straight line from from you know memes on 4chan to to mass mass murder events, and uh, it's fucking crazy, you know. Yeah, and uh, it's a it's well, it it's just a wild world out there. Art is itself a neutral thing that can be charged, you know, positively or negatively or whatever. So it's like not the not the the thing's fault, right? It's just that it's being used by shitty people, uh, and it is effective, and it is like populist, I guess, which is interesting to me because like we did see like the power of memes, maybe not in the like. Maybe not literally like causing Trump's election, but like doing enough propaganda to where the people that were like really into the Pepe shit like thought that they elected him. Like there was mm -hmm. this thing after he got elected on 4chan forums and shit where people were saying like, did we do this with the Pepe thing? And uh, they oh, refer yeah. to it as meme magic. And it's, you know, obviously not like real, real, but there is some degree to where, you know, this is surfaced as like kind of a conduit for propaganda, which can be good or bad. Right. So. Oh, totally. Yeah, and it's like, um, you know, like, I think that's kind of, that's kind of why I, uh, the first episode of the show is called Make Your Own Fucking Propaganda, because I really think that the internet was way cooler before the share button existed, you know? Totally. When it was mm -hmm. like, when it was really just people putting their own take on what's going on in the world, and now it's just so easy to adopt whatever somebody who's way more media savvy created, you know, to manipulate people down all these dark paths so um there's something super valuable about people making you know in this case meme memes but any art form because you're really kind of instead of looking outward to take these things on you're looking inward to see what's already there and develop those things and you know kind of become a real ass person you know so um yeah, yeah so that's that, that that's what kind of some of the thought was about that yeah has right-wing sure. memeing 
fallen off. I feel like it has crested a hill in that I heard about it all the time like five years ago, and now no no proud Pepe stan is, is standing atop a hill of success. I, th- I feel like it's kind of gone just mainstream so much that you don't even think of it as meme culture anymore. I mean, now it's not so much 4chan as like people's aunts and uncles on Facebook sharing this, this same sort of shit, but just like, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's still, it's, it's even more ubiquitous now that it, it doesn't feel like this kind of subculture over here. It's really like, it's kind of fucking everybody. Do you feel that political cartoons are a form of meme? Is that maybe where this history begins? Well, uh, yeah. I mean, I usually, I usually, I usually don't try to define other people's work for them. Like, I, you know, I, I, I would imagine that all the classic political cartoonists wouldn't consider that the same thing. But you know, I guess there's something there if they're gonna, you know, you used to go in the store and see people uh, cut out the political cartoon and tape it up on the cash register and yeah. stuff. So there was this mass sharing thing that went on with it before the internet. So. Yeah. Right, like, but it was still like on a platform that most people, the vast majority of people do not have access to, whereas now, uh, and, and also a very laborious thing to like take the time to draw out a whole, you know, scenario and put it there. But you're going to draw a whole Garfield? That's my old day. <laughs> right. Um, well, apparently they knock him out and like, you know, Jim Davis will sit down for like three days to a week and just write all the year's worth of Oh, he batches there. them. That's smart. Oh, yeah. 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 Because they're not bolts can run a hundred meters really fast. That's like right. um, when you would go work on a fishing boat for like three months out of the year, and the work is brutal and grueling, yeah. and you lose a friend to the sea, but you come back and you make all your money for the whole year. But yep, with Garfield cartoons, but with yeah. Garfield cartoons, yeah, but I mean, well, that's for hit. But for political cartoons, it's got to be like timely and responsive to the news of the week, uh, which you know not everybody has the ability to to sit down and do that. Um, so it seems like with memes, you have an idea, and it's, I you know I personally can't. I, I'm gonna try and watch the show and maybe learn. I cannot use Photoshop for the life of me. I have like the technical aptitude of a 65 year old. The other day, I thought I my Jake remembers. I thought you remember when I thought my computer had er- deleted everything. Boy, do I remember. Yeah. <laughs> Shit. It turns out I just logged in as a guest instead of my own <laughs> thing. Yeah, this is this is the level I'm working at. So uh, there are people like me out there, but even people with like slightly more uh, aptitude, you just like have an idea, and if it's a good idea, it just gets you know sent out there, and it's its own hierarchy of uh, of taste right it's not you don't need someone from art school to dictate oh this is a good meme or a bad meme if it clicks with people then they share it and that's how it works absolutely yeah and i mean i, ho- I hope i don't put off folks too much by making my shit on the computer i do do an episode where i make a, a meme on the phone which is a lot more simple and straightforward um you know i wanted to include that that's how i got my start that's how most people get their start doing memes um and when you do it that way you can go from idea that pops in your head uh, to a finished piece in five minutes, put it up on the internet, and then it can go all all the way around that fucker. So, well, that is also um, the point of the show, though. If if there's, some of this does take a little bit of skill, it's like, well, hey, we're having a skill share. We're having a little anarchist fucking you right. know meetup and going. Let me show you how to use Photoshop and make a fucking gritty or whatever, right? So yeah, th- that's cool. 
Um, I guess that's, that's kind of why I asked you about class. We'll uh, teach you how to make a gritty. <laughs> <laughs> this is kind of why I asked you about art school. Cause like, uh, I, at one point in my life was like going into that sort of thing. And I wanted to be a graphic designer and like, I got really into Photoshop and illustrator and stuff. And then I looked at how much it costs to go to art school and was like, well, that dream is over, you know, but I still have these skills. So like I can make a flyer and I can kind of, you know, just learn by googling stuff or whatever and you do mm-hmm. kind of just have this skill set hanging around left over that you can't use in the traditional path if you're not a fucking bazillionaire and you can't really you know it's just like excess stuff from working in offices and stuff like that so mm-hmm. it is cool that it it is very accessible like a lot of people just have this a lot of people have microsoft you know the, all the shit you have to buy to work in an office already maybe some adobe stuff and like uh the idea here is uh you can too we can all just fucking permeate all this thought and in you know through art right cool yeah yeah and it's fun and it connects us and it's uh right. you know it's uh i remember one year in my life kind of in my in my memory where i didn't really create and make anything and god damn it was a terrible year i just didn't kind of have any sense of self and i was pretty miserable you know so like i kind of want to share that gospel of creation for creation's sake because i'm a big believer in it and uh yeah why not use the tools we all kind of have right and it's a great medium for cultural exchange right it kind of reminds me of stand-up in some ways where you'll see someone from a completely different background who will have a joke that just is hilarious because you can connect with it on some level. You get exactly what they're talking about, but you also don't like it's, they're also coming from a totally different experience, but they, you know, you, you meet them in the, in the middle and that happens through memes all the time. Yeah. Well, People it's also all sorts of cultures and yeah, I know what, I just did a whole episode about this or whatever, but like, it just also reminds me of like punk. Cause like there was a mm-hmm. fucking moment where, you had to be a rich person to go into like a studio and make music and shit. And then suddenly there was just enough like working class people around that there was like a bubble. This is if you study art history and shit like that in college, there's these like cycles where things kind of roil and boil and reach a breaking point. And there is like a moment where everyone's like, you know, fuck this. I'm going to smash the icon that is being worshipped and we're going to make, you know, music working class. And that's how you get like late 70s punk or whatever. And that kind of applies here with like, I'm not going to go to fucking SCAD or some shit, you know, and like learn how to make art that changes the world by spending a million hours on some obscure oil painting. No, I'm just going to grind out like millions of fucking memes on my like $500 laptop or whatever, you know? Yeah, or or the phone you already have. It's it's, it's like even, even punk rock, like there were still some barriers to entry there, you know? And, and, and in this, there's, you know, if you have a phone, you're in, you know? It's like... It, it's pretty sick, and there's just like punk. It's it's so valuable f- to give people a uh, something to channel their frustration into that makes them feel less alone. It uh, you know it, it it gives them a sense of community. I mean, there's these a lot of these meme communities that exist online are, are where people are making a lot of friends. People like like Anders was saying, people from all sorts of different backgrounds that you can learn from, and it. You know, if you're if you are in a dick, you can learn a lot about people, you know, like that's I think the Internet forgets that sometimes. But yeah, um, yeah it, it's wild. It reminds me of punk in a lot of ways, you know. 
Totally. And graffiti. We, we, we do a, I do a whole episode about these, the, the similarities as I see it between like the early days of graffiti art and, and this infancy of an art form we're in with memes right now. So totally i'm really curious about what you use to make a f- uh i haven't seen the episode yet i'm like halfway through the series but like uh, how, how do you make a meme on your phone because i always have ideas for memes and I'm like shit i gotta go home and use photoshop or gimp or whatever and um i know there are apps you gotta text a guy right i don't I quite understand it and the reason i'm asking is because i have a really good picture of alex patak that i got while he was uh his face was you know, making a weird face while the Zoom call froze on our last episode, and now I want to know. I'm putting it in the chat right now. I'm going to make it the. Stop putting it in the chat. It'll be the episode art for anyone that wants to know I'm what it looks like. Getting rid of this picture. <laughs> this is stolen from the museum of my face. I want to know how to make a meme of this if I'm yeah, on my yeah. phone. So, so there's a couple apps you can get, and I'll tell you what they all do. Um, uh, and and this is what I've used, but there's there's all sorts of stuff out there, and they're all free, and they're they you can do some amazing shit. Um, so so number one is Fonto, P H O N T O, and um, that one is that's where you're going to do things like add text on top of the picture, which is basically memeing's bread and butter, right? Um, and the cool thing about that one is you can load custom fonts. If you find a zip folder of a font anywhere on the internet, you can install that font into Fonto and use that font. So, um, and then you can do different things with the style of the text and and all that kind of shit. Um, some other useful ones that I use are Photoshop mix, which is a free app that you can use. Uh, I primarily use it for like compositing layers like if i want to have a different like a layer with a certain sort of opacity on top of another layer like for backgrounds shit like that um i I usually use photoshop mix for that and then there's background eraser um and that's something you can use if you find you know if you look for a a transparent png on the internet a lot of them aren't actually transparent it's a big it's, it's a big fucking hassle um, but if you use a, a, a app like Background Eraser, it can crop out the background, isolate elements, and you can put it wherever you want within your composition. Um, and that's really all you need to get started. I like to use uh, a couple things. Uh, Snapseed is a weird little Google image manipulation app that I like to use for like post-processing, just changing color levels at the end, adding grain and texture and that sort of shit. Um, so it's super cumbersome. I mean, you're using four four different apps sometimes to create a meme. But interestingly, on in the show episode where I make one on the phone, I think I only use Fonto actually because I, I had a transparent image. So okay, cool. Well, I'd rather have four apps than like just. Pay. I just hate how you have to subscribe to Adobe now. So I've been using like mm-hmm. GIMP and it, which is like the freeware version of Photoshop. But it's a little why more. Why is it called that? I don't know why. <laughs> um, because I don't know. Uh, but like, there is something to this now where even the tools that you use to make this sort of stuff, like they, they kind of keep them, you know, a little bit inaccessible. And so there is something to like freeware in in this whole conversation. Or that's mm-hmm. a cool thing that we could be fighting for is just making things really, really universal and ex- accessible. And that being like a greater good than this stupid thing they figured out where you have to subscribe to a thing that you already bought. Yeah. Um, By the way, this photo is great if you want to feel what it's like to kiss Alex Patak. <laughs> it's just no. Zoom froze, and it was just like a weird. You were in the middle of saying a word, and your mouth is. It's just like 
I don't know. You look like an emoji or something. I can't quite place smoochy, it. Smoochy, smoochy. <laughs> anyway, I'm going to use the skills Violation I learned on uh, Seize the Memes <laughs> to make a meme out of it. Um, all right. You could maybe put two strong men shaking hands over it. We could do that, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just off the top of my head. Um, do you have a favorite meme? Oh, uh, geez. It's hard to say. Um... Generally, anything with Jar Jar Binks usually gets me. I don't know why. <laughs> um, I, I, I guess it would be easier to say, uh, God, I do have some. Hmm. I, I kind of have a favorite memer. He's actually retired now, but he mm. was kind of the main inspiration to, for me to kind of get started on this. He used to go by Corn Fan 420, and now he's making music as Hot Leather 420. And uh, <laughs> his shit's great. It'll just be a picture of money and just says like if you hate paying rent and shit like that and um he i actually have a, a section of the show where it's like artists you should follow and i get to i had space for i think 11 artists that i really dig their work and um and and he was featured in the last episode but um god favorite meme that's hard it's um, funny there's a there, lot of there, good okay. spongebob's <laughs> very very memeable very very uh yeah very ubiquitous in memes is spongebob the uh i think actually i think i thought of my favorite meme it's uh it's macaulay culkin from my girl after he's in the coffin after he gets stung by bees <laughs> and he's just wearing an i voted sticker and i've always really liked that one <laughs> oh, yeah, and that funny. that was done by algerian goku on instagram <laughs> but yeah it's hard to say what you know, a favorite would be because so, so so many of them are like not evergreen. They're just amazing because they're like responding to something that just happened five minutes ago on social media. But I would have to say my favorite, and this is an evergreen one, is uh, I, I guess it would be called the caption, which is when you show up to the funeral and still want to uh, add more heat. And it's a guy speaking <laughs> at a podium and he looks like he's... Um, Roasting. Uh, <laughs> Anyone who's spoken at a funeral will know. <laughs> They'll know right away what that's about. Uh, uh, but I was like, you know, we were talking about the art school thing. I guarantee you that there are like people, grad students who are paying, you know, $400,000 and going deeply in debt to write dissertations about memes, like a 30 page dissertation about business cat and how it represents late capitalism or something. Like that's. I wonder if that's going on. Uh, I'm sure it is. It definitely and, is. Yeah. Any oh, of totally. these four years arts universities, there's only like one year of practical training unless you're doing like intense craftsmanship kind of <laughs> stuff. And then the rest is like the history of memes. Here's a paper. This is six months of your life. It costs two hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the institutionalized part of art is fucking stupid. That's why you know there's constantly iconoclasts that come into the picture and say, hey, look, the emperor is not wearing clothes. Huh? And then we all go, oh, damn. And then the cycle the starts over I again. the meme I made of this emperor. <laughs> I have a question, though, because, like, so 
some memes are literally like you could just go to a generator because everyone knows the guys shaking hands and like the you know the my I think my favorite one is the from the Joker him going you're laughing and then you put something this happened and you're laughing and it's just like I don't know it's always funny but there's nothing original about that really except for the use of it so there's like it it reminds me a lot as like a comic of logging onto Twitter every day and going. What's the fucking thing that we're joking about today, and how do I use it, which is not original at all, but my use of it is going to be original. How do I come up with the best take of it? Is that, like, do you like that part of it, or not? Because I noticed that your stuff is, like, highly original, and you do, like, a specific, like, you have a look. Like, I can look at a thing and go, that's a teenage stepdad. Yeah, I mean, I mean, that's kind of, yeah, that kind of reminds me, like, working from a prompt, which is a cool different skill set, which is kind of fun. Um... Uh, yeah, I mean, I like that. I like the, that stuff, and people do hilarious stuff with that when they take an existing format and flip it into something different, um, or just make a great joke with it. But um, I guess because my process is such that I don't usually know what I'm doing till I sit down in front of the computer. Like it doesn't, you know, it's like the things that are kind of being repeated in that way, as far as memes goes, aren't really an influence on that. So it's usually doesn't enter the picture, but. You know, sometimes sometimes I'll visit that sort of a prompt and format, but but not not very often, just because that's not really my process. Yeah, I feel you. I mean, what you do is like pretty. It's original is not even the word because it's like so much of it is like like recreating a look of something else, but then that's like kind of the bit or whatever. Um, how does that work? Like, can you, you just look at like a like a Sega Genesis cover art and then sit down and work backwards and figure out how they got it to look like that? Or do you have to like? Google? I guess I guess so. Like on a good day, yeah, it's kind of like reverse engineering. You know, like I used to work in print and I worked with all these old timers who would tell me how they used to do this stuff, like doing paste ups on paper and transfer letters and tapes. And there's a way to kind of recreate that stuff with the tools we have. So. Uh, on the best days, you know, you you find something you have no idea how to do, and then you kind of draw from your previous experience and try to kind of figure it out as you go. Um, but but that's exciting when you have absolutely no how, no idea how you're going to get to that finished product and just kind of try this. That didn't work. Try again. So yeah, that, that just oh, see, wait. this is wholesome and fulfilling. This is Bob Ross. You know, this is what Bob Ross teaches you is it's a journey figuring out how to make the thing look like a lighthouse or whatever. And then you feel yeah, accomplished right? and good at the end. And I think that's why I do a, a lot of the reason why I do it the way I do it is like, I, I kind of want to disappear for six hours while I'm working on a thing, you know, even if it's just a diarrhea joke, it's like, I kind of want the world to melt away a little bit. And, uh, just kind of explore that while I'm not worrying about things like rent and the terrible state of the world, you know? I used to do a lot of this when, like, uh, when I started doing stand-up, I was like, oh, I, st- I still have the skill of graphic design laying around, so I'll make the flyers for the shows and stuff like that. And uh, I would really get, like, lost about five hours into making a thing where I would honestly have to step away from it because I'd be, like, looking at it for so long that I couldn't tell what it looks like to fresh eyes and, like... I'd have to show it to people. Does this even make sense or whatever? Do you ever like get that problem? Is that oh, like part totally. of the process? Like any anytime you're looking at a word, you know, in a different typeface, and you're looking at the same word for four hours, at some point it just starts to look like an abstraction and just like super strange. Um, but yeah, sometimes you just gotta stay. 
yeah, I was working on a thing earlier today, actually. It was just like, this is not going anywhere. Like, I have the seed of the idea, but it's not working how it is. So I think I'll, you know, that's when you do file new and fucking go for it again, you know? Cool. Uh, As Bob Ross always says. You can just imagine if he was teaching memes, I think he would have a very uh, 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 unique way about it where he could say, and what we're going to do right here to finish the painting, we're going to add a happy little bush. And then you have President George W. Bush. He's uh-huh. dotting the shoes. And it's next to the Twin Towers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> bush did 9-11. He'd, he'd, probably, he does. he'd probably say something like, you know, yeah, we made a mistake, but you have an undo button. I, w- I wish we had an undo button in life sometimes. Some shit like that, right? Yeah, that's we're right. going to hit control Z. It's easy as that. <laughs> Two buttons. They're pretty near each other. No big deal. Control Z. He actually tried um, to do that after 9 11. Can we control Z that? <laughs> yeah, to bring That's the towers a, we back. We all up. wanted to. Do. <laughs> <laughs> um, this, is a, this is a prompt. Uh, so I think the liberatory elements of meme making are self evident. We're all aware of, you know, I think this is what the show's about. You know, you can create art in a free way. Almost anyone can do it. it it's very democratic that way. Uh, but a new thing that's emerging is uh, reactionary institutions, intelligence agencies, the CIA, uh, 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 you know, like uh, oppressive government agencies. They all have their own Twitters or Instagrams, and they also have to make memes. How do you feel that uh, the people running these accounts are being contracted for this? Do you think they're rogue uh, meme makers who are then just put to the job or they're like CIA training programs where they're like, this is a SpongeBob. He's <laughs> under the rock. <laughs> yeah. Oh, damn. Uh, God damn. That actually be kind of an interesting, uh, like kind of movie idea. I think somebody who, uh, gets popped for some sort of low level offense and to get out of it has to churn out content for the CIA and, I don't know, man. Yeah, like a it's black a hat. Too. I, I maybe. Oh, jeez. Or is it white hat or black hat? The hacker thing. One of those means, yeah, that you like work for the government now, but they caught you doing something. God, to think about that. There's probably a whole department in these giant buildings uh, with people talking about this stuff about effective meme strategies, just like they are in the corporate world. And thankfully, most of those people are really shitty at it. So, yeah. It's Their most, heart isn't in it. You can tell when a cop made a meme most of the times. Every once in a while, something actually looks good, and it really alarms me. Like, uh, like when, like we've talked about, like Christian, like evangelical organizations and shit. How they've like been updating and trying to get better and better to like push their propaganda across and like. You know, I mean, the, the, the nature of power is that it co-ops, right? So eventually, they're going to catch up, and they're going to be talking to kids using the the. Uh, I don't know, deep fried, um, you know, Odie or whatever thing. And it's going to be like, hey, kids, why don't you join the military? And we're just going to have to keep making new shit. Just like Odie. <laughs> it's deep fried. It looks cool because it's like, you know, retro in that even in a digital sense. Um, all right. Well, uh, should we wrap up art talk and get into the news? Yeah, what's in the news? Okay. This what do we put our fingers into today? <laughs> the news, the news. Uh, I'm trying Whoa. to incorporate the pedal I have more into the show. Nice. That's what that was. This has been Hard Talk. Um, <laughs> what's uh, what's going on, Alex? What's uh, I've been busy. What did I miss this week? Uh, well, we've been talking about memes. I don't think you've missed a damn thing because you are always online, and that is all for connection to this expansive world um 
Speaking of memes, there is one particular character on at least Twitter who has sort of become the meme of the week. Her name is Eve Barlow. And, uh, is that how that's she, pronounced? I thought it was... What Fartlow. is it? <laughs> oh, I misspoke. Fartlow. It's Eve Fartlow. She Thank has you. sort of become the character of the week. She's been talking about uh, Israel-Palestine, specifically how it makes her sad, and uh, has put together a bunch of different pieces, uh, especially this one produced by Tablet, the Jewish magazine, uh, which is uh, kind of explaining to the reader... How, in her view, people on the internet calling her Eve Fartlow <laughs> is the same as a pogrom. Okay. I call So it's kind of like eggs. a hot to the touch sort of story, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> it, it does raise the question at what point is a funny name a physical attack? <laughs> Yeah, no, everyone remembers, you know, lest we forget that that's the first thing the Nazis did was that they would change your name to a fart. First they memed the anarchists, <laughs> and I said nothing because it was cringe. <laughs> yeah, well, okay, yeah. that's pretty funny. Well, I think the, the, que the question of when does it uh, become physical violence uh, is an important question because I still have yet to hear any examples of this leading to any physical violence whatsoever which we would be too far it would you know not and also not be okay for people to do anti-semitic uh, caricatures against steve fartlow but uh, that is just not what is happening and uh, this is just further uh evidence of you know something we talked about in uh, the last bonus um which is this is a technique is to to try and limit the parameters of the bait by by uh, zeroing in on ridiculous uh, <laughs> examples of so-called anti-Semitism and like li litigating them so pedantically um, that maybe the other side will just give up and say, "Okay, fine, that is anti-Semitism. I'll you know go do something else now." It's uh, reframing. It's taking the issue uh, from an open space into your own lair where right. uh, typing is actually uh, assaulting me. But then even like zooming out a bit outside, like Israel-Palestine is the thing of the week again. But uh, just as a general online navigation lesson for this story, uh, if you're being bullied on the Internet, don't write an article about it because that is only going to double down your problem instantly. And that is what we're seeing here. Well, there's yeah, like an insistence if... that she's allowed to have this space, but people aren't allowed to react, which is what we always get into when we talk about like whether cancel culture is real and all that shit or whatever. But like, I think somebody put it really well the other day. I'm trying to try to find the tweet to credit this person, but they said very succinctly, uh, Twitter is always toxic except when you win or something like that. Like it's toxicity is relative. Napoleon to, said that. <laughs> like nobody calls something like a like a like a mean interaction on the internet toxic when they're the ones doing it. Then it's like funny or it's dunking or whatever. But if it happens to you suddenly, it's like this is exactly like Nazi Germany, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like that happened to me with um, that Liz Smith lady, the the Pete Buttigieg campaign lady mm -hmm. who's on every like evil fucking thing ever i called uh him a rat i made a, a rat joke about him i think also using like a 
gusano. It's something about a rat and a worm. I don't know. It was a dumb joke about animals. And uh, she tried to... You know how rats be with worms. <laughs> she made it... Friends, a, enemies. She, like, dug up this whole thing. It's just like, you know, in Nazi Germany, they would call people rats. So this is anti-Semitic. And it's like, have you not been on the internet for the last three years? We've been calling the man a rat because of the way his face looks. It's hilarious, you know. <laughs> but you, I guess you can recontextualize. It does raise an interesting question, though, because there, there is... Like you're saying with like the Jewish stereotype characters and stuff, like there is, there is a line somewhere, but where is it? You know. Yeah. Well, like, what is the? You know, is it? We're using an anti-Maltese stereotype because Pete Buttigieg is Maltese. He's not. <laughs> you goddamn Falcon people coming yeah. into my neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> they also have a dog. Yep. They have a type of dog. That's true. He also d- just kind of looks like a little mouse guy. So he does. Yeah, Some people be looking like a mouse guy. Yeah. yeah. I look like a cow. I look like a Scottish cow. I'm not offended. People you look like that a out. cow. You think? A Scottish cow. Uh, I, it's a particular... I learn new and exciting things about you every week on this program. <laughs> if you Google Scottish cow, it has my same complexion, uh, the same color scheme as my face. Okay. Um, we all know Alex looks up. like a dragon. Right. You look. What do you look like? What do I look like? A rat? No. Uh, a clown. You look like a clown to me. <laughs> Not an animal, but all right, I'll take it. Oh no! You look Mr. like a, the. Uh, didn't you draw the gorilla or the orangutan? An hey, orangutan. You could be a Harambe. I you drew that. that didn't you draw that? Draw that at one point. You Someone look, motherfucker. It. You look like an orangutan. You have orange hair. Oh my god! I do, but <laughs> I. This has escalated too. so quickly. I look. I do like have. A I have cow Scottish cow up, and Anders does look like it. I'm gonna look this yeah. up. It's okay. People look like animals, right? And like, yeah, something in isolation. Uh, Man, I stand you know, corrected. You can extrapolate anything out, and this is what I was thinking about today. You do look like that. Yes, um, but this is what I was thinking about today. Like, there was that uh, New York Post story that dropped, which is old news, by the way. We knew this a year ago, but Bernie Sanders loves or her, he demands that his hotels are at sixty degrees. <laughs> he demands that it. That's right. Size beds. You could easily take that and you know extrapolate it out and say this is anti-Semitic and never be like right or wrong about it. But nobody does that in the media because they don't like Bernie Sanders. Like, imagine if the standard they had applied to Jeremy Corbyn or critics of Israel was had been applied to critics of Bernie Sanders. Like, no one would be able to say anything because, like, anything you say, like, you know, people saying, oh, he just makes my skin crawl. That could be anti-Semitic. You know, this yeah. is all selective. It's they just could- so funny that the angle they went for is that, Bernie Sanders is a bougie uh, prince when the real angle on a king size bed and 60 degree hotel is this man is old. He yeah. is just like the old people you know. He needs a big bed. <laughs> He's very bossy about stuff. King size is like a normal size for a bed. What is it's one s- of the four sizes. Sleep on a twin bed or something? It's. It's weird. He's an old I man. Now, if he was demanding a California king bed, I would raise an eyebrow at that because that's unreasonable in most hotels. Those what are is that, weird. Like a king size bed with avocado. 
Yeah, that's Folks. what it is. Anders, shut the fuck up. <laughs> it's like a bed the size of a room. Have you seen it? A California no, king is like longer than a normal bed. It's a fur if you're like seven feet tall and you're tired of your feet hanging off the end. It's really weird. I don't know who needs that much leg space. Yeah. If you, if you are like booking a hotel for a basketball team, maybe you could <laughs> insist on this giant bed. Um, Bernie Sanders claims to hate the 1%, and yet he sleeps in a king's bed. Well, well, ah. well. Busted. Jake, how would you like to write for The Atlantic? I'd, I already worked for the New York Post. i scouting you all these years. <laughs> Can't do it. Um, um, so is, that's one of the exciting online uh, blips this week. She, that, slightly more serious news. Uh, the Associated, Associated Press fired Emily Wilder. Right. She was actually canceled. She was not, you know, called a funny name by jokesters. She lost her job. Scottish for, cow looking motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. For using uh, what was also regarded as uh, anti-Semitic. Um, she said that, what was it, Sheldon Adelson looked like a naked mole rat? Which is just objectively true. He does true. look like that, though. Yes. People again, just look like undeniable. animals. Yeah, we, Anders we looks like this it. Scottish Catholic. I've never seen this animal before until this conversation. Now I'm, I want to get one. They're cool, man. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta look this up, dude. It's fucking cool. <laughs> it looks like yeah, a, they're just ginger cows. Yeah, it looks like a cow that's in of Montreal or something. <laughs> <laughs> it does feel like it's copying Anders to a certain extent. Yeah, but yeah, what was her thing? She was just fired for being in a Palestinian group in college, or no? She made a joke about about Sheldon Adelson uh, that was construed as anti-Semitic. Um, the thing is, is race aside, Sheldon Adelson and a whole crop of billionaires do have a hairless thing happening. <laughs> And I want to look into the science of that sometimes. I think it's because you can't grow back hair. It is not actually possible. Like, hair plugs don't work. So when you got, like, a guy like Jeff Bezos, what they do is they think, I'm going to go, like, Bruce Willis and shave my head when I start going bald because no one wants to be, like, I guess, like a comb-over guy or whatever. But then they, like, can't just... I think you can be a bald guy and kind of have like a five o'clock shadow on your head and be like kind of scruffy looking and it's kind of cool. Jason Tatham. Yeah, but like these guys are psycho, you know, they obsess over everything they do. So Bezos is at home just shaving every inch of his body because he's like, this is my look. My look is that I'm (laughs) smooth and I'm like a lizard or something stuck on your windshield. When you're smooth, you're without flaws. And I think that's the look. And also to aspire after your hero, Mr. Clean. (laughs) Someone strong. Someone spotless. Hmm. Well, hair also, I believe, protects you from germs. Uh, And if you live in like a, you know, a immaculately clean domain, then you don't need hair. So maybe that's what they're going for. They okay. want to be like pure. They want the germs. Um, He's like, I'm building a biome in my gut right. stronger <laughs> than any man. <laughs> I don't know if that's actually true, if hair protects you from germs. But uh, you know what is also not objective is the Associated Press. Because really, yeah, a lot of people are like, oh, well, she must have gotten fired because she showed bias. And the AP 
is the one source out there, them and Reuters, who does not have bias. They are a, they are a wire. Uh, they just report the FACTs. Um, they also, by the name, make it sound like they're a conglomeration of businesses when it's really just one corporation, right? Right. It literally it sounds, sounds like, like a guild. Yeah, well, it sounds like the, these are all the uh, news sources in the world got together and uh, put their views together, and this is the most objective statement they came up with. Yeah. Uh, is how I feel like a lot of people think of it. Um like an impossible thing. Objectivity is like impossible. So that's a yeah. stupid claim to make. I also just want to point out another thing about this Associated Press thing. So they fired uh, this writer for perceived anti-Semitism. Obviously, it's like a bullshit case. Obviously, they're just biased against Israel. A week ago, I think it was, the IDF blew up one of their offices. <laughs> what the yeah, fuck? I mean, it's like, you know... It's very like, um, what's the word for it? I don't know. It's a hell of a uh, thing, man. It's fucked <laughs> That's up. That's a yo. hell of a thing, Jake. <laughs> they blew. <laughs> they blew up your office, and then you fired someone in defense of them. Like that's like, it's like. When, remember when the cops uh, shot that UPS driver, and then UPS right. like apologized to the police. Like we're sorry, our employee got in the way of your bullets. Yeah. <sighs> it's an elaborated form of simping. Right. That's really what it is. That was the technical term I was looking for. Yeah. It's an abusive uh, relationship. But uh, but the AP has historically been deferential to power. And uh, there's a great article in by John Schwartz in The Intercept about their, their little-known history. Uh, and they began in the 19th century um, – during a conflict we did a bonus episode about uh, last year, the little-known Mexican-American War, uh, which you don't really learn too much about in school, but it is the reason that the U.S. is as big as it is. We just took California, New Mexico, Arizona. We took, like, most of Mexico from the Mexicans. I have to uh, say, in terms say. of, like, scandal to land uh, uh, victories for wars, one of America's best, because people don't even know about this one, and we get, we have like a third of our states from it. Yeah. yeah. But so this guy, Beach, Moses Yale Beach, who th- basically the uh, New York Sun, um, they were trying, you know, they're struggling to find enough resources to cover this international war, uh, so they joined up with four other New York newspapers to share the cost of, of covering the war. Uh, so that's kind of where the Associated comes in. And what they did was he got sent to Mexico um, using a British passport that was fake, uh, working for the Americans. He basically was an undercover spy, uh, working, not objective at all, working on behalf of the American government because he believed in Manifest Destiny. And that's what this really uh, coverage was about. That's what uh, the war was about. That's what the AP was about. That's where um, the Associated Press came from? Yeah. Wow. And then, Damn, like, I'm learning on a podcast. <laughs> then Battle of Little Bighorn. Uh, they describe the enemies as red devils. Um, Holy shit. You know, they're very pro 
pro. Yeah, they're uh, objective. And, yeah. He calls them like the season. They're associated. Right. Uh-huh. And you would think like, okay, well, maybe they're, you know, uh, not objective about the U.S. because they're Americans. So they're pro-America. They love America. And the whole press corps, uh, they're not Democrat or Republican, but they are American. That's what it's all about. But it, 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 with domestic stuff as well, uh, it's it's very to the right. Uh, 1913, the, their coverage of uh, the mine strikes was uh, not objective at all. Um, they were very anti-worker, anti-socialist. Um, Upton Sinclair wrote a whole book about them called The Brass Check, uh, which used to be very well known, um, but kind of you know, fell out of favor over the years. Um, so this is what their role has been during Vietnam. And then uh, I do also want to add friend of the show, mustachioed maven, Bob Perry, whose house I used to go over to for uh, Halloween parties when okay. I was in the nineties. That's how uh, he's connected to the show. Uh-huh. Yes. But they, he worked for the AP and he has a story about how he was having He's like one of the guys who broke the Iran-Contra scandal. Like, he made it a story. And at first, he was, like, at the AP's, uh, the head of the AP's house, like, smoking cigars, literally smoking cigars. And the head, like, really leans on him and is like, we don't want you covering this. It's bad for the country. Uh, And he's like, this is not, well, that's not something, you know, I'm supposed to care about the truth. I'm a journalist. Uh, So finally, they, like, let them sort of investigate Robert Perry and uh, Brian Barger. The Contra cocaine scandal, which is a real thing. The CIA facilitated the sale of cocaine uh, into the United States to fund the Contras um, so they could rape and murder and, you know, fight the left-wing Sandinista government. Uh, and they edited their reporting to death. So they basically couldn't really report anything of consequence uh, because the AP was so, like, diligent about not letting any of that shit out. Um, and again, that's foreign policy that's arguably, you know, pro-America. Look at the way they covered Eric Garner. They began their coverage of his murder as Garner was overweight and in poor health. Come on. Damn. That's also how died. They, yeah. And they said, like, oh, they used the, the, the go-to cop apologia line that cops use themselves if they're like, well, if they're saying, if he's saying I can't breathe, it means he can breathe. Like, talk to a fucking doctor. Real glass houses yeah. when the cops start calling people fat, too. <laughs> really? <laughs> Very true. It's not the move I would go for. Yeah. So yeah. AP, not objective. Wow. Okay, well, fuck them. That's pretty fucked up. Yeah, you can totally... I'm unsubscribing from the Associated Press. Getting it up on my phone. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to make a mean meme about them. Huh? Topical? Yeah. Let's do some AP memes. Okay. Sure. That'll, that'll get them. We're like... <laughs> uh, a brociated press. There we go. Yeah. It's scumbag Steve, and what it says is, I'm the Associated Press. Uh huh. Oh, I forgot to ask about him. Oh, man. You're Do you guys know the scumbag Thank Steve you. story? 
he like came out and did a thing recently, right? Uh, I don't know. Maybe he did, but I remember like a, a long time ago uh, when that meme was really big. Someone interviewed him, and his actual name is Blake Boston, and he's that from rules. Boston. <laughs> and I have a roommate. I had a roommate who uh, went to high school with him, and he said he like was kind of a he would you know try to start fights but not finish them. <laughs> That's funny. I like it when they track down people from memes and then they're yeah. like, they're nice. But when they're actually the person from the meme, it's kind of depressing. Yeah. Excuse me. <laughs> are you really a sad girlfriend? They, Have you been a girlfriend before? I saw a thing where they tracked her down and she's like very normal and, and you know, thinks it's funny. It's cool. It was, but I was young. There was a camera. I thought, what if I look at it? And that was a mistake I made. I can't take it back. <laughs> um, what else is going on? What's up with this Powerpuff Girls script leak? What is that? Okay, so this isn't like at the top of anybody's list, but I do think it is kind of jarring in a way that warrants attention. They're rebooting the Powerpuff Girls. Okay. Um. Right away, the question you're going to have, Powerpuff Girls, that's a show that came out in, like, what, 2003, 2002, something like that? Yeah, Maybe in the Iraq War. Around there. Is, are they making it for new girls and boys? Or is it for us later to catch up on what's going on with the Powerpuff Girls? It's for adult children, right? And I think it's kind of a terrible synthesis of the two. Uh th- some of the scripts leaked because the show isn't out yet on what they have planned for this. And I, I do feel like a little bit of this is just overblown because any script kind of looks stupid if you just leak it on the internet. But uh, I, I'm going to read some, some quotes here and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see how it goes over. So this is from the upcoming Powerpuff reboot. Uh, this is in the script. Okay, Bubbles. Blossom's fine. I saw her on Insta that she has a boyfriend. I saw on her LinkedIn that she got promoted, and I saw on Facebook that she still talks to Grandpa despite their political differences. Buttercup. Coming back here is probably triggering for her. (laughs) Bubbles. Why? Because she's the one who killed Mojo? I mean, moveon.org. And so we have another sample. She's saying that as like a sort of a catchy like mo- way to say move on. Yeah. Come on, move on, move on.org. Yeah. Move on.org. Okay. Maybe they're trying to get that started. Maybe we're getting it started. Gotcha. Okay. Oh, that's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like cuz we've been talking about how making memes is like very like a uh, natural and beautiful experience here and this is what happens when you pay someone like $60,000 to be like Write something that's like this that you think they'll like later. Well, that's the thing, right? The, it all, there's a cycle of memes. They're like very temporal. You know, they're funny the day of, and then like the cycle moves so fast that a few days later they're saying it on Saturday Night Live, and you're like, I want to fucking kill myself. They're saying Harambe on Saturday Night Live, you know? Uh, but they co opt like that. They literally like. I, I mean, I, I've talked to writers on TV shows where like I just watch you people on Twitter, <laughs> and, like wait for the, you know, what the thing is going to be that week, and uh, it's constantly being sucked upwards and then reappropriated by power. Right. That makes a lot of sense. All by right, power so this puff. is there. You go by power puff. Yeah. You misspoke. Um, Abuse of power puff but- comes as no power surprise. 
<laughs> Jenny Holzer. Uh, I got to read this one other uh, clip here. This is probably the most infamous one. So this is Buttercup talking, who, as we remember, is the spunky girl. And she's saying, Bloss, her sister's name is Bloss, wake up or we'll leak your nudes everywhere. <laughs> and then off bubbles confusion that worked on you for once. So this is the threat of nudes to these young crime fighting girls Wait. who are nary prepared for such an engagement. There are adults in this reboot. This is like them when they're grown up. I don't think so. <laughs> what the and fuck? Are they still girls? I don't know. That's fucked up if so. Also, well, yeah, it, who is this for? It, it kind of makes sense in that, like, the people who watch Powerpuff Girls growing up are now adults themselves. So they might want to update it in that sense. Uh, but I've seen it. It's going to be, what, on the CW? So it's going to look uh, like shit. I believe so. Uh I, it's kind of a lateral move from Cartoon Network, but the thing about leaking nudes when you think about how this script is drawn is they're like little ovals. <laughs> so like, <laughs> no, but this yeah, is going to be nightmare scenario. Like, oh no, my oval. <laughs> no, but this <laughs> is going to be it's going to be live action. The stills I saw were live action. That it has to be that they're like adults now. Yeah, it has I to be. You couldn't get girls to be so powerful. Well, the, yeah, you I think can't have ups. A- Ten-year-old act, child actor and be jokes about leaking their nudes on the you to CW. Jail. <laughs> I think they'll lock you up. They're grown-up women, and it's—I uh, guess Powerpuff women didn't have the same ring, uh, but well, they still, you know, like, you know, the like Spice girls. Girls. right, right. Uh, but it is going to be live action, and that's you know what I'm kind of worried about. Uh, I think it's not going to—you just can't the CW sucks like a lot of great characters go to the cw and die because they don't have the budget for like making a full-on like action superhero sci-fi thing just do animation they should have animated it i don't think any of us here want to besmirch the good name of the cw the network that brought us the flash (laughs) uh they're doing great work over there but this does raise some alarms about my powerpuff expectations coming up Teenage stepdad, if you were going to make a meme that looks like the Powerpuff Girls art, how would you go about that? Like the the classic or the updated live action? The classic for Wait, sure. Stick to the classic. Uh, you'd probably need to do that in Illustrator, which is better for things like strong lines and solid areas of color. Yeah, vectors and, you, and shit, right? Yeah, that sort of thing. All right. They have a good font. They do. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, that's a, they've got a great logo. They had, they had a great look. Isn't that... um. Wasn't is that the same dude who did Dexter's Laboratory and later Primal and It um, seems like that because at the time everything that was very like angular like that was coming out of Cartoon Network like Samurai Jack that show was yeah, like very yeah. pretty super influential great shit I wish they were redoing it as a uh, as animation yeah. something it'd be nice to share that with my girls but I don't think I'll be letting them watch the uh, the live action one if it keeps no, send going them in this to bed I'll tell you. Yeah, this is is all for daddy. Time to keep these girls to myself. Yeah, just rubbing your hands together like I'm going to watch the Powerpuff Women tonight. All right, (laughs) get me a beer. Um, All right, well, you guys want to? I'm going to pause. All right, what else is happening? New York City, the uh, capital of the world. 
is, uh, of course, experiencing primary season for the mayor and city council and other races. And uh, it came out that uh, the Celebre campaign of the left, Diane Morales, um, has had some staffing issues. Oh, no. Uh, they formed a oh, union no. recently. Or they're trying to form a union. But today it appears that four staffers have been laid off. Uh, all four of which, according to sources in the campaign, were organizing for the union. So I think that kind of tells us where her politics are. I know there's slim pickings if you're a socialist in the New York mayor's race. Uh, but Diane Morales, I hate to tell you, she ain't it. I'm not saying don't vote for her. But uh, what I guess I'm concerned about is that people get really invested in emotionally and you know materially in her campaign and uh it loses and and you know leads to a a uh, eric adams victory which i think is the worst case scenario or a yang or a garcia victory they all three are kind of you know things to be avoided basically anyone else but those three um or she actually wins, which is unlikely. But think of De Blasio at this point, right? It was he was very far behind in the polls in in twenty thirteen. Shit shifted and changed, and he ended up winning. And he was the leftmost candidate, and he let everybody down. So that's something to be really wary of. The left is not going to be coming into power if Diane Morales makes it into uh, Gracie Manor, uh, and we know this because she like. Not only is anti her own staff unionizing, but is uh, pretty recently gave an interview that came out recently uh, where she was saying that she didn't even want to identify as a progressive. She's like, I don't like the term, yada, yada, and I'm pro school choice. So she's pro charter school. Um, as opposed to pro school life. Which is <laughs> yeah. Where Never right. stop learning. You're never too Which old. Which is, real, yeah, pro-public school, pro-public education, investment in public education, which is what we need, and not more charter schools that produce uh, technical incompetence, such as myself, who can't even make a <laughs> meme. That's, these are the stakes, folks. Man. Uh, so, yeah, and she's a gentrifier. She works for a housing company that's, you know, Ooh, well... New York City is fucked to death. It is yeah. going down deep into its own sewer. Hey, never coming back. Move yeah. here, move to hell. We're all going <laughs> to die. Well, yeah. all I mean, as now. I've said ad nauseum at this point, there are six awesome and even more great candidates for city council. There's six DSA endorsed, a lot of other good ones like Sandy Nurse who are uh, running as leftists or progressives and if, if enough of them win i don't you know i really don't think it matters uh who the mayor is don't get too invested in the mayor race try to prevent eric adams but other than that city council all the way baby yeah that's fair enough that's a good way of looking at it the mayor's race is fucking stupid it's a tv show yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm i mean i do think in like eight years from now there is going to be a died in the wall socialist with a big, sizable base running for mayor in New York City that could win. But we're not there yet, unfortunately. Well, until then, I'm Sliwa-pilled, man. I'm voting. I'm <laughs> registering as a Republican so I can vote for the Guardian Angels guy. Hell yeah. Because he rules. He's crazy. 
He tries to fight people. You gonna and shit. personally be on the train doing karate? He does for uh, for to promote his campaign. He rode the train for twenty four hours the other day, wearing the beret and everything, and protecting people from in case hoodlums show up. Hey, don't touch her! I'm running for mayor. <laughs> um, he also somebody told me a really funny story. I was sharing war stories the other night about the fucking riots last year and. Uh, Somebody was telling me they were downtown in Manhattan and, uh, or not, I don't know what downtown, they were in Manhattan somewhere and a bunch of guardian angels showed up to protect a footlocker because they're racist. So they were just like, the black people are going to break into this footlocker, you know? And, uh, and then like just a bunch of punk kids showed up and got into a street brawl with them. So they just fought a bunch of it, like 70 year old men <laughs> in front of a footlocker. <laughs> they're all doing like seventies roundhouse kicks and shit. Oh, man, yeah. that's the New York I want to live in. If we can't have a socialist mayor, we can't have a progressive mayor even, let's just swing in the other direction, man. I mean, Andrew Yang, is a, he said, can you dig it in his announcement? He's the most like <laughs> mayor likely to bring it back to the Warriors. Yeah. So. Hell yeah. He's gonna go. He's gonna. Andrew Yang's gonna be campaigning wearing like the the Native American vest and shit from the yeah. Warriors. <laughs> <laughs> like, what did I do now? Why is everyone so mad at me? <laughs> All right. There is a part of me that feels bad for him just because I feel like he takes people's ideas and then has to reap those consequences immediately. <laughs> he's just dumb. It's I mean, just he's, a fest. You said they liked the fest. <laughs> he's just a dummy, man. Uh, more more stupid than evil, but still, I ain't voting for you. You know? Yeah. This has been I New mean, York Mayor Update. All right, Some was, people are, vote, are just like, because it's what, you got five uh, boxes to tick if, because it's ranked choice, and some people are putting Yang as their last one, some leftists, just to prevent Adams, which is worst-case scenario. Fair. Do what you will. I don't have an endorsement. All right. Well, uh, we did... Onwards. We did <laughs> Art Talk, and then we did News of the Week, and then we talked about the New York Update, and I think that's a podcast, so... Oh, yeah. Thank you for joining us, Teenage Stepdad. Please let our audience know where they can find uh, all your work and your new show and everything, man. Promote yeah, that I'm shit. Yeah, hey, thanks for having me. Um, yeah, I'm on the internet as Teenage Stepdad and uh, Instagram, Twitter, etc. But uh, the big thing, Seize the Memes, Art Instruction Show, coming out 6-9, of course. Nice. Nice. On Means TV. Nice. Uh, cool. Right now. Anybody else yeah, got anything to plug before we get out of here? Uh, I, no, I think that's about it. Hair plugs, maybe? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Alex, Sanders. <laughs> At Andersley here on Twitter. Dursley1, Instagram. Uh, yes. Check it. But volunteer, donate to the DSA for the city slate. I will say hair plugs did definitely work for Joe Biden, so he can't totally disrespect their record there because he has hair now and he did not have hair before. Dude, what would he have looked like if he hadn't got them? Like, what would he look like now? Just a skeleton? Totally like a bald. He would, have been, he would look like, like skinny Lex Luthor, basically. Yeah. Right. I don't think he's going to keep it patchy. It's either back on or back off. Uh, well, it's, it's glued to his head. Like, it's not going away at this point. It probably doesn't grow. Yeah. He has to get haircuts exactly where they approximate the yeah. to equal the fucking fake 
hair on his head. I don't know the science behind it. I'm just saying it looks good. Um, and uh, the only plug I have for you this week, I've changed my Twitter handle. I'm no longer Patak Jokes. I'm now Patak Test Kitchen. Subscribe to Patak Test Kitchen on Twitter for all of my podcasts and the latest flavors from around the internet. Just come and get a bite. Okay, we have merch for sale. Uh, link in the show notes. We have a Patreon if you're a new listener. You want bonus episodes and talk shit about us on our Discord and all that stuff. Have fun. Write it a positive iTunes message. It helps our you know show get around. Or write a mean one. I found out recently they don't re- factor into the overall. Doesn't matter. So really, talk Even shit. If to your, they give it a low. It's uh, star rating on iTunes. You get a, you you move up in the ranking as per your cumulative positive rankings. But you don't move uh, down because of the negative ones. So literally, uh, have a field day in there. Talk all the shit you want. I don't care. Say I did all the evil things that you think I did. Have a good time. Really get it out of there, you know? Get it if out you of leave system. a negative one, it should behoove you to leave two positive ones. Do Yeah, do whatever you got to do. <laughs> also, I don't know how many listeners we get from iTunes. But t- sure, maybe. Um, I think I don't have anything else other than why you mad and, uh, stand up soon. I don't know. Look at my Twitter. I'll make sure it's on my Twitter. All right. That's been the podcast. It's finished. episode's not over uh one more thing i've got a psa to put up an ad for our friends with the public power campaign with nyc dsa if you're a listener of the show you probably remember them we talked to them a couple weeks ago about how they're trying to get this bill passed the public renew build public renewal renewables act fuck (laughs) to end corporate control of the energy system they are having a rally if you live in new york on june 2nd that's this coming wednesday uh at Fucking City Hall Park in uh, Lower Manhattan. It's at 10 a.m. If you live in New York and you can come hang out and wear red and all that stuff, it will help a lot because it's really important that we pass the Build Public Renewables Act to end corporate control of the energy system. So we need to make it loud and clear that we want a New York for all. There's a bunch of goddamn ghouls and goblins running for mayor they aren't going to make this shit happen we need to get out there so please join us at 10 a.m wednesday at city hall park to support nyc dsa's public power cam for public power link is the information's in the show notes okay thank you have a nice day